MoneyWeb now on the money. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Training now with uh, Michael Santagello, Independent Securities. Michael, appreciate the early morning. Looking back first at last year, it was a story of rising rates, then pausing rates. Inflation was coming down. In the stock market, it, it really was all about the, the Magnificent Seven. But in a note that you just recently put out, you say, hang on a second, there were also that medical sector due to popularity and, and truthfully, the efficiency of obesity-fighting drugs. They were perhaps the, the underreported and underexpected uh, 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 success of last year in the market. Hi there, Simon. Uh, thanks for having me on the show again. Uh, yeah, I think that was uh, went under the radar. The, the fact that uh, you had uh, Nova Nordisk and Eli Lilly produce these uh, uh, miracle uh, drugs uh, that are going to tackle obesity, and uh, they had a significant impact on on uh, many sectors uh, across uh, the medical uh, health insurance sectors uh, and uh, snack foods, for example. Uh, and all those companies uh, were, well, not all of them, but uh, quite a big chunk of them, uh, it did take significant uh, sell-offs uh, because of that. Yeah, and, and you raise an interesting point there to quickly go down that rabbit hole. If, if, if we have very effective obesity-fighting drugs and people are, are eating healthier and the like, it, it, it kind of sends ripples through. You mentioned snack foods and the like suddenly under pressure. I mean, maybe you know the gym stocks sort of pick up. There's second-round effects that are going to come through over the medium term uh, on these obesity-fighting. Yeah, that's right. So these drugs uh, typically also suppress uh, appetite quite yeah. significantly. So uh, snack foods would be uh, <laughs> top of the, the, the list to, to, to be impacted. Uh, we even saw that uh, some even the best energy uh, energy drink companies like Monster uh, got sold off on the back of that because uh, less people would be uh, consuming energy drinks and, and sugary uh, mm-hmm. substitutes. So yeah, uh, there are definitely those second order effects uh, in investing that you do need to be cognizant of. So one of the, the the losers last year was clean energy, which which is truthfully a bit of a head scratcher because you got to say, you know, in, in in theory, you know, clean energy is 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 the way of the future. There's a big move towards renewable and green uh, uh, locally and worldwide. Yet the sector took an absolute pounding. Yeah, it did. Uh, I mean, a lot of the, the even really high quality clean energy companies uh, sold off by seventy, eighty, even ninety percent. And uh, but I think we need to look at where the their highs were. Um, from 2021, 2022, uh, I think they were significantly overbought and, and overvalued at the time. Mm-hmm. So they probably weren't supposed to be at those uh, elevated levels. Um, but now uh, we're looking at them and uh, we are seeing uh, a lot more opportunities in that space. Uh, we have we did also see over the last year or two, uh, a lot of fund flows going into ESG type funds mm-hmm. and that all those flows had to go somewhere. And I think they went into uh, the, the clean energy stocks, but that but thereby just ramping up the share prices and, and pushing those valuations to, to unsustainable levels. Yeah, okay, I take your point on that. It, 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 it was the, the, the early evaluations that perhaps sort of skewed the thing. It, it, looking forward into the year, I mean, if we take the view that, that, that rates are coming down, probably, when is the debate? But I think there's a level of agreement that they're coming down. Uh, and, and certainly, as I said, clean energy is the future. You mentioned in your note, you know, uranium had a really good year. We've chatted around that on this show before. China's got 26 nuclear reactors under, under construction, aside from wind and solar. Is clean energy one after the sort of shakeout worth looking at for the year ahead? Uh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, 
with that, there is a caveat that I think you need to be a bit more discerning about which companies uh, and which sectors within clean energy you're, you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I think uh, wind energy is uh, is probably not looking very attractive. There, there's some economics within that uh, within that sector that aren't aren't that uh, profitable. Uh, whereas uh, companies on the solar side of things are looking more attractive. And then as you go into to the uranium side of, of, of energy, those are also looking uh, more and more attractive. Um, so there, there will, there's definitely opportunities, but you just need to be a bit more uh, specific and discerning into which companies uh, you look at. Okay, I, I, I take your point. This isn't just a, 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 a jump in and, 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 and grab all. Let's look at some of the others. You're liking the, the luxury goods sector. It, it, it had a, a fairly good, strong run. Again, got quite a, uh, elevated prices. I'm thinking the likes of Ovumate, there's Ferrari, there's Richmond locally as well. They've come off. Richmond picking up a bit in the last week or so. This is one of your favorite uh, uh, picks in the sector. I mean, there's certainly some opportunity here in, in, in luxury. Yes, absolutely. I think that uh, we, we have seen them uh, all have a nice sell-off uh, last year. And uh, what I think is happening, if we, if we start looking and digging down into the different companies' numbers, but uh, the ultra-luxury brands, uh, particularly like Ferrari and, and some of the brands that Richmond sells, mm. uh, they are far more defensive in the current market and are still selling quite well compared to some of the other brands that are more um, luxury brands, but more for, for the affluent sector. So for, for people that are trying to uh, aspire to to getting a, a luxury brand like a Gucci bag. Um, the, 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 I think that's where the sector might still be under a little bit of pressure. But the ultra luxury uh, for those that can afford Ferraris uh, <laughs> and and, uh, and the like, they they aren't really feeling the impact of a, of a slowing economy. And that's a good point, and it's understanding that distinction. You know, Richemont really is those 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 chronically overpriced watches. Ferrari, we understand. LVMH is what seventy plus brands. Some of them are high end luxury, but truthfully, some of them are are, are more mid range. And it it's it's knowing those nuances, which is always so important within the business. Yeah, that's right, and I, I think that's why uh, LVMH does have a, a, a reasonable uh, valuation as well mm-hmm. uh, when you compare it to the likes of a Hermes. Uh, Hermes is a really ultra ultra luxury, but but it, it trades at a, at a, a PE of of around forty, uh, whereas uh, LVMH is is uh, around about half of that. So it does depend on on that on on, on your entry point in terms of of valuation and what the the company is actually offering. What about the tech stocks? I, I, I mentioned up front, Microsoft is now the first $3 trillion company in the world. It overtook Apple as the largest stock a, a week or two ago. Now it's gone through $3 trillion. That magnificent seven uh, and, and the big cap tech stocks, they have had a good start to the year after a really strong 2023. I mean, are, are they likely to continue into this year? I mean, at this point, I don't know what stops them. Yeah, they have had a phenomenal uh, run last year. They carried the, the global indices last year and, and also uh, for, for January so far. Uh, I think when you look at the expectations for top-line growth within all those businesses, uh, the, the top-line growth is actually uh, double, if not two and a half or three times what uh, the average of the rest of the, the S&P 500 is. Mm. So that they're certainly growing a lot faster than the average company in, in the US uh, and even globally. And uh, if, if you look not only at the top line, their, their bottom line earnings and, in fact, even their margins are still expanding as well. Uh, maybe not all of them, but uh, a lot of them are expanding uh, quite quite well still. So overall, when you look at them from uh, even though their, their valuations are on the upper end of what you, they're used to, they certainly are growing fundamentally themselves uh, a lot quicker than the, than the rest of the market. 
Um, and when when the market looks at uh, them on a relative basis, you'd rather put your capital into companies that are growing faster and increasing uh, margins uh, versus uh, companies that might just look uh, cheap. Yeah. No, I, so we still think there's uh, there's upside there. Yeah, I, I take your point. It is. I mean, they, they've got that growth. You know, this isn't this isn't sort of the the dot com boom of of ninety nine when there there wasn't any growth. Last one, biotech it was a, a a really hot sector. The 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 steam seemed to have gone out of it. You say some declining interest rates uh, really could help some of the, the the biotech stocks. Yes, that's right. Biotech industry is quite one that's it's a lot more higher risk. Uh, that, but we do see, and we're really seeing a lot more M&A happening within that sector uh, in the last couple of months. Uh, there's quite a few of the big pharmaceutical companies are now taking out some of the uh, the, the smaller companies that mm-hmm. are, are coming uh, with new drugs and new treatments uh, to market. Um, so we, we think there's going to be a lot more activity there. Um, and also one of the other main things about the biotech industry is that we think uh, the acceleration of artificial intelligence is going to lead to a much faster mm-hmm. drug discovery process. So these smaller companies, where typically they would take years and years to 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 do their research uh, and bring a, a a product or a treatment to to market, now they can all of a sudden use uh, AI to speed up that process quite significantly. So we'll, we'll probably start seeing a lot more um, activity within that sector in terms of M and A. Um, and uh, the speed at which uh, they are producing new new therapies. Okay, you, you, I take your point on that. Eh? There, there was, I think, I'm confident if it was, I think it was Alphabet. Uh, engineers use artificial intelligence on battery tech, and they basically did three years' work in three months. We'll leave it there, Michael Santagello. Independent securities appreciate the early morning insights. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.